Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Please sit down. We're going to have our panel today. We're going to bring up a table because we're in the last part of this amazing series. Who's enjoyed this series so far? Anyone? I loved it. We spoke about the authenticity of the Bible, of course. We spoke about God and science, and we spoke about God and suffering. All three really important issues that a lot of my friends like come to me and ask me, like, so what's going on with that? Remember how we had uh, the blackboard in the cafe a couple of weeks ago? And uh, we were actually asking you, what are the questions of your friends? And uh, we haven't uh, covered all of them yet. So today, we're going to cover heaps of them. I got this card full of your questions and the questions that I actually get all the time from my friends, my neighbors, uh, who else, uh, my, uh, my colleagues, and, and I think you as well. Uh, so, so today will be mostly about God, about religion, and we'll be answering questions like, what is truth? Um, maybe something like, but I'm a good person, why do we need Jesus? Or um, what else do we have? Oh yeah, like, are Christians not hypocrites? Like, really interesting, interesting question. So we have an amazing panel today. So shall we give them a big hand and invite them up on stage, which is Judith, Louis, and Steve. Please come up, give them a big hand. You guys can sit down. That's lovely. That's great. Uh, first of all, we have, uh, we have Judith there taking a microphone. She's actually one of the staff here, and she has a master's in theology. So she knows lots about the Bible. Uh, then we also have Louis Witting. Uh, he, uh, he's one of our pastors, and uh, he studied a master's in uh, business analytics and financial mathematics, which, which I think is awesome. He works at IBM at the moment. And, uh, and he's a smart guy. Then we, have, uh, then we have our amazing pastor, Steve Warren. So that's cool. Uh, I'm really excited for, uh, for what you guys will share. Who has no qualifications. No qualifications <laughs> whatsoever. And, Never worked uh, for a bank. <laughs> Never done a master's. Uh, actually, like, what do you call that's it in English? English? What's in English? Physics. Physics, that's right. Physics. You still don't know what it is. No, I'm just kidding. You all know what that is. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Let's, let's be open today. Maybe uh, our past experiences or um, uh, some emotion, things that happen in our life, stop us from being open. But let's try to be open today to actually give, give you know, objectively look at what can be truth. And uh, I have great questions. I'm re- shall we just start? Yeah. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm going to sit down right here. Let's go. Oh, this is official. This is great. This is great. All right, first questions. Happens to me all the time. I have lots of neighbors, and I talk to my neighbors. It's great. And they used to tell me, but Sipka, I am not really religious. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I want to dive in on there this you one. Go. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, I think if you're Dutch, um, your, your neighbor may say, uh, but I don't believe. So they'll either say, I don't believe, or uh, I'm not religious. And uh, if, if I'm really honest, um, I don't blame them for saying that because maybe church has given the impression that we are religious, that we are a religious organization, that we have, uh, we have institutionalized our faith. Uh, in fact, 
what seems to prove that is 43% of the Netherlands say they're Christian, um, but only 18% of Dutch people go to church. And even then, that would be an exaggerated percentage, I think, if you were to say, how many of you go to church regularly? Uh, and so, therefore, there's a big gap. That tells us that there perhaps are more people than we think who have a respect for uh, God, uh, but would not want anything to do with institutionalized belief of some sort. Uh, and that's why we're talking about this. I think it's just a really important topic to try yeah. and help people separate Jesus from what they categorize as religion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But then, then I'm just thinking about the Netherlands. So not many people uh, go to church, are religious, are Christians. But still, I think our country is doing pretty well. By the way, I'm actually going to ask some questions like, like I am an unbeliever. Don't think I'm, you know. But still, I'm going to try. Good, good so I'm going to act a little bit. I was getting a bit yeah. worried. You're getting yeah. worried, hey. A youth pastor is just like, what's he thinking? Um, so that our country is still going pretty well, although uh, mo- like many people are not necessarily Christians. So why would we need God then in our country? Any, any takers? Yeah, you did. I'll take it. It's a good question. I think um, fundamentally we know a lot of people in our world who do great good. Um, they're not Christians. They don't believe in God. But I think fundamentally the question is, can goodness even exist um, without God? And I think when we answer that question, we have to say no. Um, And the reason is because um, we don't have an objective moral reference point. Uh, You guys are probably going, what on earth is that? So this is why the introduction that Steve has is really important, because you actually have a physics degree. And so he actually knows a little bit about this. See, for me, high school was like ages ago. But what, what is a reference point? Can you Steve, just explain to us? Yeah. No, no, but he, you know, he studied it. He should know. He should oh, remember yeah, yeah, it for the physics. rest of his life. You know? I studied physics 30 years ago. Um, so a reference point is a fixed point which you compare other things to to make those other things real. So I'll give you an example. Um, how do we know movement is real if this pen is moving? If this whole building was moving and we were all moving with it, and this pen was moving, you could not say this pen was moving. You wouldn't know that it was moving. We only know it's moving because if I'm the reference point, the fixed point, you see the pen is here, and now it's here compared to the fixed point, me. So now you can say it's moving. Same with volume. It's louder or quieter. That makes no sense unless you've defined the fixed point somewhere of noise is. Uh, and then new things can be quieter, louder, slower, faster, etc. Yeah, mm. exactly. So what, what, what I was... How oh, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what that actually means in context of um, morality and of God is that um, we see God as that reference point. So God is the objective moral reference point that we hinge everything that um, we do on. Um, and if so, if God doesn't exist, then we don't have that moral objective reference points. And what that means is that actually we end up having subjective morality. And if we have subjective morality, it's like, I know Sipka plans out his meals all week. Oh, yeah. So, so whenever you, you, the youth guys probably know what, you have to pick which day you come to Sipka's house, right? So you know what you're having and if you like the food or not. But Louis likes to f- cook on the go. That's, that's subjective. It's a subjective thing. Um, and so if... If everything is subjective, then we can't actually 
say that good... So, so in an atheistic world, there is no God. So there is no objective moral reference point, which means we can't really say anything about good or bad. Because if you guys have a... I don't know if you guys have a cat or a dog or... If your cat eats a mouse, um, then you probably wouldn't judge it for it. You'd probably say, oh, it's just being a cat. Well, that's exactly the same thing because... Um, we are highly, according to atheism, we're highly evolutionized animals, you know? We, so we're just accents of nature. So we can't really then say, okay, there is a good and there's a bad and judge people on certain behaviors. But the problem with that is objective good and bad do exist. So, so if I take these... No, don't take them. <laughs> Sivka's like, don't take these. You know, that's not fair. These are my notes. Good notes, by the way. Thanks. These are my notes. I need them. You know, we all, when injustice happens around us, when we see racism or discrimination or um, child abuse, we all go, that's not fair. That's an injustice. And that is an internal uh, moral compass that God has placed inside of us. You know, God is that moral compass. God is good. Um, God's character is good, and that's the objective reference point. So if we have no God, then... So, so what you're saying is um, that there's no good or bad unless God exists. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I, ha I have a... There's a, there's a quote, um, which is really cool, actually, of Michael Roos. He's an atheist. He says, The man that says it's morally acceptable to rape little children is just as mistaken as the man that says two plus two is five. So it's... it's it's objective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just add uh, the um, if goodness is subjective. If if we were to say that's uh, that's good for you, but not for me. Okay, so that would be subjective. That's your goodness. This is my goodness. Then um, terrorism would be okay, right? Because they are genuinely doing it because they think it's right. Therefore, that's okay in that worldview. And we can't but judge it. We cannot judge it. We should not judge it. But we should because <laughs> nearly everybody knows yeah. somehow deep within them yeah. that that is not right. Yeah. So I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, it's, exactly. We have this moral guide inside of us that typically knows basically what is right and wrong, what is good and bad. Yeah. It's an objective measure. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible says God's put that nature on our hearts. Yeah. Yeah, and we would all agree on that, like always. It's, it's not like it's one situation, you know, it's not like in this situation it's, it's like that and that's, no, we all agree those things are wrong or right, always, for everybody, yeah. Yeah, so, but then my friends would probably say something like this. Uh, well, that's true for you, but it's not necessarily true for you, for me. And maybe, Louis, this one's for you, we haven't hurt you yet. And then, and then they always, like, smile a little bit uncomfortably, they're like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and they say something like, well, we can all choose ourselves what we believe, right? Um, Louis, what yeah. should I say in, in a situation like that? Or do I, you think, I, th I think there are sort of, um, uh, the, the last sentence that you, that you mentioned, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, everyone can decide what they want to believe. Uh, right. Like, we, we, there, there should be no compulsion uh, to, to make people believe certain things, or uh, everyone should be free to choose what they believe. Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, but the first statement that, 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 you, that you said, that everyone can decide what is true for themselves, uh, that makes truth relative. Um, and, and that's a whole different step 
uh, th that's a whole different uh, thing. So, so I think we've all heard someone say this, maybe a colleague or a friend has ever said to you, well, that's true for you and, you know, you know that's fine. This is true for me. Um, but that, uh, that's actually uh, making truth relative. Um, in, in, in classical logic, uh, there's a, a law that is referred to uh, as the law of non-contradiction, which basically means that two statements uh, that contradict each other, they're opposite, uh, can't both be true. Um, and then a simple example would be this. Like I have a pen. Um, uh, this is the, the pen analogy uh, panel. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my pen? I don't know. Why didn't you bring it? <laughs> but uh, let's say that I would say that this pen is blue and, and Supika would say that this pen is red. Like you can all see that uh, uh, for convenience sake, uh, I'm choosing myself to be true. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we can see that we can't both be right on this matter. Like this pen is objectively blue. Um, and we agree on that. We, we wouldn't discuss uh, or, or question this matter. Like, that's a, a, an observable fact. Um, but for some reason, when, we, you know, when we, take that, we take that principle and we apply it to small things, like we would all agree this is a table, this is a white table. None of us would argue with that. None of us would say, oh, you believe it's a white table, it's fine. I believe it's a, a brown table. Like, that, that, that's weird to, to say that. But somehow, that same logic uh, should apply to beliefs as well. Uh, and, and for some reason, we don't apply it to beliefs because we, I, don't, I don't think we, we like to argue with each other and say, no, I think you're wrong and, and I'm right um, when it comes to these big ideas. Um, but if you believe something that is contradicting what I believe, we can't both be right. Like one of us is wrong, one of us is right, or we're both wrong, but we can't be uh, both right, um, which I, th yeah. I think we should just you know, live with. And yeah. We should just accept the fact that maybe not everything we believe is correct and be challenged a little bit by the people around us. Yeah. Nice. That's a bit, yeah, a bit of a tougher answer. Quite like. Then, then I'm going to ask a tough question as well. Because if not all religions can be correct or right or true at the same time, then why is Christianity true? Hmm. I'll give that one to you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I want that one. <laughs> Let me have it. It's a good question, good follow-up uh, question. You know, it's one that we cannot convince anyone on, but uh, just going back to what Louis said, the pe people who think truth is relative are usually not religious people. So, obviously in Christianity we know that uh, the claims about Jesus are different to how uh, Islam would claim about Jesus, and Islam would also be deeply committed to what they believe about God, they don't believe that the Christian God is the same, etc. Um, and so it's okay, is what I'm saying. It's okay to be convinced that what you believe is right. But make sure you've done your research to know what is right. Uh, that's the point we're trying to make. And so why is Christianity right? Well, Christianity is, is right for a couple of reasons. Firstly, uh, three weeks ago we looked at the topic of authenticity of the Bible. Um, and we showed that the Bible is the most accurate ancient historic document. So therefore we know that the contents of the Bible are indisputable by historians. Therefore it only leaves the discussion over, over the nature of those contents. Do we want to make those contents real for us? Now, 
just to make it simple, the narrative of the Bible goes something like this. Uh, we were made in the image of God. Uh, we deeply know that we are in need. Uh, every human being generally knows that they are less than what they could be or should be, that our hearts are broken in some way, our lives are broken in some way. Uh, and the message of the Bible is only Jesus Christ can do something about that, can repair that and repair the original intended relationship we need with God and therefore give us eternity. If that's the message, if that's also the claim of Jesus, if Jesus said, I am God, I am the only way to the Father, uh, then it leaves only a few options open to us. One option cannot be that he didn't say it because it's proven he said it. So the other options would be that he was lying uh, or he was mad. He went around saying crazy, stupid things or that it's actually true. Uh, and in fact, C.S. Lewis, um, the atheist turned Christian philosopher, uh, made a statement about this. Uh, his statement's fairly long. It'll come on the screen, but... Uh, if you want to read it, but he basically, in summary, is saying either Jesus was a liar, or he was a lunatic, or he was Lord. Now, there may be a few other little sub-options there, but it comes under those major categories. In fact, you could either say he's basically a, a madman liar, or he who is who he said he was. There's really only two basic options that we can choose by. Uh, and that's okay to have those options to choose by. So what, what, what might be good for us to do in the next few minutes is logically break that down. Why do we think that he might be true? And that's why we've got a logical mathematician here. Oh, yeah. And uh, a logical theologian here because they're going to help me break this down for us. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. So if we can watch and... And nod. Yeah, yeah. So, don't fall asleep, Sipka. <laughs> so, this is so interesting. Louis, maybe you can go first. Tell us what you think the logical reasoning you would use to deduce that answer. Yeah, I think uh, maybe we can keep the quote on, on the screen because I think um, the, the logic sort of flows through that. Maybe you've heard people say that they, friends or family say that they don't believe uh, Jesus is God but he was a wise man who had a main, major influence on history, on us, on our society, but they don't believe he was God. Um, and I think what C.S. Lewis is saying here is that that is one thing you cannot say. Um, uh, Jesus said about himself a couple of things. Uh, so either it's true what he said, um, or he's a liar, or he's just mad, because that's what you qualify a guy who claims to be God, right? Like if someone would now claim to be God, and you know him, you would think they were mad. You, you would not take them seriously. You, you wouldn't say of them, like, you're a wise, moral person. That's the one thing you would probably not say about that person. Oh, that's good. Right? So, yeah. um, so in classical logic, um, um, uh, there's a, another law that's called the, the law of, of the excluded middle. So you, ba you take a statement, and there's two options. Either it's true or it's false. Um, there's no middle road. So if Jesus says, I'm God, he's either uh, wrong like he, he's saying the truth or he's lying about it. Um, and the one false. thing you, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's either true or it's, or it's false. Um, and if it's true, then, you know, okay, that means he's God. Uh, and if it's false, that means it's either lying or he's mad. Uh, it doesn't leave the option of 
Jesus being a good moral teacher that a lot of people make him out to be. Um, and I, I think if you, if you reason a little bit further, we would all understand this, right? Like a good moral teacher uh, would not claim to be God. Uh, a good moral teacher would not you know, claim to be able to forgive sin. He would not say, I'm the way to salvation. Uh, he, he would not allow people to worship him. Um, it's, it's far from morally correct to, to claim that you are God uh, unless you're God. I think, I think we have that, we all have that same feeling that that's wrong. Like, it would be wrong for me to claim uh, to be God because I'm not. Um, just to, you know, <laughs> just so that's out there. <laughs> Um, and, and then I think the most obvious point is that um, a good moral teacher would not and could not die and, and rise again. And I think uh, uh, there's historical support and evidence for that. Uh, so with all of that said, we can't take Jesus and equate him to Buddha or Gandhi or Muhammad or other like, influential uh, people from history. We, we, that's just the one thing we can't do. So he's either God or he's a, a liar. Uh, or a madman, and um, and I think that's the the fact that we have we have to choose. We can't come up with other options. Uh, yeah. It's so logical, Louis. I wish I could say it like that. Uh, <laughs> Judith, tell us your my, theological perspective. My theological perspective. So I think I, I completely agree with Louis, and I think what's very important to realize is um, what the what the day and age that Jesus was living in. So if someone claims to be God now, um, we probably think they're nuts or you know, not telling the truth, but now, nowadays we have a pantheistic view of God. A lot of people say God is in everything, God is everything. Um, it's one of the biggest views out there. Back in the day, it was polytheistic. So the idea was there was lots of gods. So the Roman Empire was God, and that was perfectly fine. And there was probably like 10 gods, and that was, that was fine. But the difference is um, that Jesus lived in the Jewish culture. And so the Jews had a monotheistic view of God, which means there was only one God, and it was uh, the God who made the heavens and the earth. So to actually claim to be God in that setting, that cultural setting, was madness, because um, it also had, um, it was punishable by death as well. So basically, you would have to be mad, or you would have to be God, which which I agree with. And um, obviously, there's a lot of people who claim to be something that they're not you know we we know we might even know them that's i don't know they might say the napoleon or i don't know the pope but they're not so it doesn't necessarily this doesn't necessarily mean that um jesus is god uh, but then we have to look at the fact okay but was he a madman then and i think if i look at that logically um and i look at the things if we look at if we look through history if you do just do a, a search and and start looking at everything uh jesus in history and Jesus now, and the impact that he's had on this society and on the world is huge. Yeah. Um, the things he said, you know, we've, we travel faster. I was in an airplane last week. We, uh, we have huge number of advances that we've done as humans, but actually the moral law and the teaching of Jesus, we have never improved upon ever in those 2,000 wow. years, yeah. which says something about the level of uh, what it is. And to me, that doesn't sound like a bad... Uh, a madman. It doesn't sound like a madman to me. A madman could not have that much influence. Um, Time magazine actually said, Jesus, the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness, and love in the history of the Western man. Now that, to me, does not sound like a madman. So then then we come to the conclusion. Do you guys watch Sherlock Holmes? Do you know who Sherlock Holmes is? 
All right. So Sherlock basically says, it's not this, it's not this, it's not that, so it must be that. And basically that, that's what I think. If, if we, we eliminate all the rest, then Jesus oh, is who solid, he says he is. Mate. He's well, God. That's solid. These guys yeah. are so solid. Oh, that's great. That's great. But there's a but. Always a but. Okay. <laughs> I think there's still three things I, I want to cover, uh, things that I hear all the time and I think you as well. Um, and I do think I hear like a really clear line about Jesus and about uh, a bit of transformation in there as well. But So I'm really um, curious to, to what you guys would say on these three things. Um, so first of all, uh, Christianity, um, or that's what people say, there's so much violence if we look at the history of Christianity. Uh, so many religious wars. So why would Christianity or God be a good thing? That's what I hear a lot. The second thing is, but I don't hurt anyone. I live quite a good life, and um, why, why, why do I need God for that? I can, I can just do some good things around the place. And then the third thing is, are Christians not like a little bit hypocrite? Ooh, that's touchy. Uh, you know, they go to, to church on Sunday, everything's fine, and then on Thursday night. Well, anyway, um, so, so these three things, like, Anyone, like, pick and go, I guess. Yeah, yeah Louis, go for it. I'll take the first one, because I, I struggled with this a little bit as well when, uh, when, I, when, I, came, when I came to Christ. Um, and I think, I think we have to admit, like, the, the church or Christian history, we're not guilt-free. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened and things we would, you know, not, definitely not agree with. Um, I do think there's a difference between, you know, historical facts and perception, if you, if you would look now and, and ask a random person what, what had happened in the Middle Ages uh, with Crusades and the Inquisition later on and you know, witch hunts and, and a lot of bad things that the church did. And I think most people would tend to think that this would cost the lives of millions of people. And historical evidence shows it cost the life in, in a period of 500 years around 250,000 people, which is still significant if you take into account population sizes in that day. Um, so the conclusion that a lot of people take from, from that and what happened in the church is that um, we must get rid of religion because all wars stem from religion. So if we get rid of religion, if we get rid of Christianity, other religions, then like, we would live in a war-free world. And I, th I think that's just uh, taking it uh, a couple of steps too far um, because you only have to look back at the last century, which was by far the bloodiest century that we ever had. Um, and there are a couple of non-religious uh, leaders and, and, and nations and, and like, uh, systems, political systems, that killed millions of people. Uh, if you look to Nazi Germany, uh, Hitler was non-religious. He, he claimed to be an atheist. Uh, and that's the way he, 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 like, he, le he led his country. Uh, so uh, at least six million people died um, uh, from his direct actions uh, by na Nazi Germany. Uh, the same for Khmer Rouge, which was uh, a Cambodian... Uh, a stream of uh, Cambodian stream of, of uh, com communism. They killed two million people in their own country. Uh, Non-religious uh, uh, um, uh, leadership uh, and Stalin uh, is was a, definitely an atheist, and he killed 20 million of his own people um, uh, because they did not agree with his views. Um, and, and, and Mao, which is probably the biggest example in, in, in China, communist China, killed between 50 and 70 million people. Um, uh, because they opposed his views, which is crazy, right? So I, th I think the, the, um, the conclusion that you would get rid of wars if you would get rid of religion 
It's just uh, false. It, it's not right. Um, uh, and I, I, think, I think also what, what is really important is that the reason in Christianity, in our belief that we don't look to the church for answers, but we look to Christ, is simply this. Uh, is that uh, often church's history or Christian history uh, differs from the teaching of Christ. Uh, and, and if we want to you know, say whether a, a system is good or, or bad, we have to look at the fundamental teachings of Christ. And, and he taught love, he taught peace, he taught forgiveness. Um, so I think that's what we need to cling to. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. I think that also hinges um, well into your second question. You know, I'm a, yeah. a good person, yeah. so why do I have to um, become a Christian? I think there's an assumption in that question um, where we say that there is a good person. So I'm reminded of the, the story in the Bible. Um, I think it's in uh, a Luke where a guy comes to Jesus and he says, hey, good teacher, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Um, and then Jesus says, why do you call me good? And then he answers his own question. He says, no one is good but God. And so what he's actually saying is that, you know, as we already discussed before, God is good. And so we can never measure up to that goodness of God. We can try and be as good as, as we want. But ultimately, we have to, the cross reminds us that um, we can never attain to that and uh, that we have to be saved from ourselves. Um, and sometimes when we mistake Christianity uh, in the sense that we think it's all about living a good life, um, but really we're broken people trying to um, go in the footsteps of a perfect God and, and we're going to stumble, we're going to trip, we're going to fall. You know, I'm not perfect. You guys are not perfect. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. But we all make mistakes. Um, we all uh, stumble. And, um, you know, where, where I might see failure, God actually sees growth. And where I might see, you know, addiction, he sees the next step. And where I see, okay, I, I, you know, I can't see it anymore. He says, you can do it. Yeah. I'm giving you perspective. I'm giving you vision. Um, and ultimately, Jesus did not come to earth to, um, to show us how to give a good life. Sure, he did that. But ultimately, he came down to die on the cross for us and to give us freedom, to give us forgiveness of our sins, yeah. to uh, set us free, to heal us, and to give us that opportunity for transformation um, because we need that grace. And ultimately, that's... Um, so it's not about living a good life. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about a measure of goodness. No. Christianity is not about being good. Um, hypocrisy, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the yeah. third one. Yeah, Christians are hypocrites. <laughs> um, well, the word hypocrite means actor. Um, so... In that respect, I think, I think we're all pretty good at that. Uh, I think we're all pretty good at putting on a face. Uh, I'm not sure that's really specifically about Christians. I think human beings generally, we're all just really good at putting on masks and covering our true self. And sometimes we have to. Sometimes it's a protection. But sometimes it's not necessary. Um, but it is what it is. And, uh, but I think probably the thing that disturbs us more is when... Uh, when people say one thing and they do another thing. Uh, but again, I see that all the time around me. I'll meet you at 12 o'clock and they turn up at 12.30. Um, they say one thing and do another thing. Uh, and I can't say that that's been limited to Christianity. Uh, what, is, 
what is probably the most truthful thing for me to say is, therefore, is you're absolutely right. Christians are hypocrites, as we all are, because we're all imperfect, broken people. If pretty much what Judith said, uh, we, we are not perfect. We're not, it's not like once you begin to trust Jesus, suddenly all your problems disappear. I, uh, I really, the, I significantly got changed by Jesus Christ when I was 19 years old. It's when I began to fully trust him with my life. And uh, if someone was to say to me when they saw me at 21 years old, my gosh, Steve is a hypocrite. Uh, he says one thing and does another. They would be right. They, they would be right to say that he believes this stuff, all these things Jesus says, and yet he lives like this. However, if someone saw me when I was 30, I'd like to think they would say, he's still a hypocrite, but not as much as he used to be. <laughs> he says all this stuff, but you know he's getting some of it right. And then by the time I was 40, of course, life begins at 40, therefore I'd reached the age of perfection. Wow. People, uh, people would have been right. saying, you know, okay, he's not perfect, but there's integrity in what he is, how he's living. And, and so we shouldn't see Christianity as a, like an overnight perfection machine. Uh, it's a life of transformation that we begin trusting Jesus and we continue to trust him. Yes, we're imperfect, but that's the point. That's the point. We are broken. Mankind, humankind is broken. Therefore, we need a Savior, and He's going to keep working on us. Yeah. He's going to keep us uh, in a place where we keep reforming to what He wants wow. us to be. That's so good. Yeah. That's so transparent. Shall we give this amazing panel like a huge round of applause? Thanks so much. Thanks for your openness. Uh, I learned actually a lot. That's great. Um, let's watch the screen. we we'll do a little video, and then Pastor Steve will close the meeting. Cheers. God really wants to have a personal relationship with people. So I think people in our city end up looking at uh, God through the lens of religion and through organized uh, corporate entities, um, maybe nonprofits, people who are trying to do good things. And the problem with that lens is trying to understand who God is through other people. I mean, we need to have spiritual conversations about this because I, I do think it opens up our hearts to the possibilities. But at the end of the day, what God is looking for is a personal conversation with me, with each one of us. And if I could use the word religion in a way to kind of say a, a, a set of criteria and that you've got to live up to or measure up to uh, that I don't think is the message of God doing good things, trying to be a good person. So many people see God through the, that, that idea. But what happens is a subtle darkness comes in. If, you're, if you don't do good things and you're, you really let evil grip your heart and you begin to violate other people and you don't care about doing good, well, that ends up destroying you in one way or another. That's why, we, that's why our prisons are so full of people. Because evil deeds just get a hold of people. It's also true on the other end of the spectrum that Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.